Well, hello. Good morning. So I feel like you and I have kind of been on like a little bit of a discussion tear this week. Yes. We did not record when we normally record. Mm -mm. Because we had a lot of stuff to say about things that are going on in our personal lives. Yeah. And we were well on track to make that happen again today on a (laughs) re-recording. Yeah. It's uh that's how it goes down sometimes. Right. That is it is just the way. And I also think that like we I swear we've had something similar conversationally. This time of year just gets a little bit more busy. And so there's just more to catch up on. Yes. Which is also partially what this time is used for. Not as much as it used to be, but still like we do a quick catch up and there's a lot to catch up on. There is. There is. It's only been two days since we last chatted and we didn't even make it through all of this stuff. No, (laughs) (laughs) but we wanted to talk this week about reproductive health. Uh, And I felt like it could be kind of helpful to ground us in exactly what that is, right? Because Mm -hmm. like abortion is what is in the news a ton right now. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about access to reproductive health services, we're not just talking about having a baby or not having a baby, right? We're also talking about access to uh, like STI screenings and treatment for a wide variety of (laughs) disorders, right? Like endometriosis or Mm -hmm. uh, cervical cancer, ovarian cancer. Um, Yeah, all of like all of that stuff. And yeah, reproductive health isn't just, it's not just about growing another human in your body. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, so there's our grounding. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely feel like those are are good things to to call out because right now there is such a big conversation around access to abortion procedures, but also medications. Yes. Um, but I think it's it's important to note that that is not just the only piece of the reproductive health puzzle. Things like access to birth control, as you said, but. Uh, I also think of things uh, such as access to contraceptives. I already said that. Ooh, it is early. I guess I would also expand it to talk about access to education. Yes, which is a huge, huge piece of it. And I think mm-hmm. that that is probably the second to th- or third most in danger piece right now. And it is not Mm -hmm. as widely talked about as it rarely is when it comes to this particular topic, because there's so much that's being threatened that we have to, we have to pick, we have to pick the pieces that Mm -hmm. we're going to make the most noise about. And that one tends to, in my opinion, fall by the wayside, which is unfortunate because it also happens to be the one piece that if you start educating people much younger, your rate of unintended pregnancies decreases but also your rate of stis decreases mm-hmm. your rate of long-term health issues due to stis decreases like there is there's a lot of benefit to, to educating mm-hmm. people 
starting very early on reproductive health and yeah, we are, yeah we're definitely seeing a risk to that right now we really are and actually on the education front of things i've got to give a shout out to actually one of my favorite uh tiktok channels roe v bros <laughs> yes i don't know if you've seen it but or if i maybe i've sent you some <laughs> you have yeah. okay <laughs> Humor and education. It's like my favorite combo. So if you're looking for a place to get started on the education piece, highly recommend. Now, before we started recording, we were talking, you and I were talking a little bit about uh, racism Mm -hmm. in like a completely different context, but like surprise is everywhere. And like when I was preparing to have this conversation, I ended up going to the Institute for Women's Policy Research. They do a lot of policy research on like a wide variety of things that impact women. Um, And they did do a study on, I, I mean, it's specifically about abortion, but like the economic impact of uh, eliminating abortion restrictions in the US and what they what they came up with is that overall like we would see like a labor force so like a like a workforce growth increase of just slightly over 1% 1.15% but those buckets are slightly bigger for women of color. So like if they had access to abortion services, because uh, right now, right, like white women mostly can get the services that we need. Mm-hmm. And women of color typically cannot. Those would, like black women's, um, workforce participation would increase by 1.27%, Hispanic women by 1.28, and then mixed women 1.3%. Um, they also estimate that we would see a private sector earning growth of like just a little over 9%. So like that's some pretty significant growth. Yeah. Just because you have access to controlling your reproductive life yeah i had a thought and then i i lost it and i had to follow the train to get back there so when we're talking about the statistics you just shared one of one of the other thoughts that came to mind that i think has been a a, another pretty heavy topic of conversation but doesn't necessarily always go with the reproductive health conversation but childcare and the alarming lack of it right now and we so desperately need childcare, like adequate childcare and affordable, adequate childcare. I thought because I do not have a child, but I have heard that it is very expensive. It, I mean, it really is. And then, right, because this is the world that I live yeah. in, if you have a child with special needs, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I've been getting a lot of targeted ads on Facebook recently about. Like an organization that's advocating for higher pay for childcare workers, 
And that's a whole other thing mm-hmm. too, because yes, I agree. Right. Like people who are providing childcare should get paid more, but the vibe of the campaign is very much um, that like mm-hmm. families should be willing to pay more. And that's what I don't like, right. That there's an, or, and I don't actually remember the name of the organization, but even if I get it, I would name them. But um, right, the vibe is very much pitting people who need childcare services against the people that are providing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when frankly, we live in one of the wealthiest countries in the world. Other countries have figured out how to pay. Uh, how to make sure that childcare workers are getting a living wage without the people that have the kids like choosing between paying for their housing and paying for daycare. And I think that we could probably figure that out too. We wouldn't even need to reinvent the wheel. We could just copy somebody else. Right. But uh, you know, tax is bad and, Blah, 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 whatever. Which mm-hmm. we also did an episode on paying taxes. So yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, it's hardly surprising to me that people don't want to have kids. Well, so I feel like maybe this, this episode has been a little bit of a downer, but right. to close this out... <laughs> There are things that you could do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fair to say that we would encourage you to um, reach out to your legislators, reach out to your Congress people to make sure that they know that the people who elected them are in favor of access to pretty much everything that a person might need to you know, take care of their reproductive health and really in you know, access to education and products and healthcare, like kind of whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Look at us moving in the right direction. Because apparently we just need a butt ton of laws to get the government to actually just leave our bodies alone. The irony. <laughs> right. I mean, we had a pretty big one in place that they were just like, well, okay, we're done with that now. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. We could do a whole rant mm-hmm. on, um, on that and now the subsequent Mifepristone conversation that's rolling through the courts right now. Yep. Uh, but also it's time for school so <laughs> yeah <laughs>